a man goes to take a bath and makes a terrifying discovery. Then we travel to Spain to take a look at a series of UFO sightings that led a local bishop to uncover an ancient relic. Is it possible that aliens have long explored this area? And are they responsible for the dozens of missing people who have vanished in the mountains? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys uh, have a lot of fun come this upcoming weekend. I actually just woke up from a nap. I just woke up like four minutes ago. So let's see if I can get my energy going because i am still got my sleepy time eyes on. Got the little hat, the pointy hat with a little ball on it. Someone else who's always sleepy, always a big lazy bum. Let's welcome in our newest Patreon supporter walking in right now, rubbing his eyes. Give it up. For soft pink Aurora Borealis. Woo! Come on in. Wake him up. Wake him up. You're clapping right in his ears. Borealis, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. You guys can't support the Patreon. I totally get it. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Now, Borealis, let's go ahead and start off by tossing you the keys to the dead rabbit dirgeable it's our quietest vehicle we'll take a nap on this trip as well we're leaving behind dead rabbit command we are headed all the way out to russia specifically we're headed to tayumin russia since 1997 tayumin russia has had a pretty serious serial killer problem i mean there's never not a serious serial killer problem it's not like oh this guy he's an affable chap he does murder a couple people but i mean there's serial killers right there's guys like stabbing people in the back uh, and like chopping them up and stuff like that that's all bad right i'm not saying again i'm not saying that that's an okay serial killer but the worst kind of serial killer is the one that kills children i think we can all agree on that i don't think that's a controversial statement i'm not gonna lose any subscribers for making a statement like that and if i do if I do, you're a sicko. If this is the episode you stop listening to, you sicko, we know why. 1997, someone's been kidnapping children and murdering them. At this point, up to about 2021, seven kids in total have been killed. And boys, girls, doesn't matter. Age range is between 8 to 16, so that's a pretty broad age range. But all of them have eye squints. So eye squints is where, I, I don't know if that's like a regional term. I, I, I've always heard of it called lazy eye, I guess. Maybe that's not politically correct. But where one eye looks where they're looking and the other eye kind of looks off in a, in a random direction. Eye squints. Someone has been kidnapping and killing children with eye squints. Right? That, alo- that part alone, what a weird motif for a serial killer. Because you got to get really close to a victim. You, okay, now if you guys want to shut this off because it might get grim, you're not a sicko if you don't listen to this part. Think about how close you'd have to get to a victim to figure that out. Like, if you were just driving around town and you wanted to murder blonde women, right? You'd be like, oh, it's them right over there. But imagine if you wanted to murder blonde women who wore red bracelets on their left hand. You'd have to, like, get out of your car. You'd have to do more work, you know what I mean? You'd have to get out of your car and walk around and be, like, pretend you're a salesman and be like, hey, I, s- I sell juggling balls here. And you're, like, throwing the balls at women. They're like, ah, ah. And as they're juggling them, you're like, aha, I can see your left wrist. Eye squints and kids. Like, you'd have to get super close to your victims to even pick them out. I wonder if this guy ever approached a kid and was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to murder this. Ah, oh, never mind. His eyes are normal. 
and then walked away. Weird. But anyways, that's not the weirdest part of the story. The city, the, literally, that is not the weirdest part of the story. The city's on edge. What happened was, from 1997 to 2021, right, that's a long span. There's only seven kids that have been murdered, but one is too many. But you figure this guy's been in operation for, what, at this point, 24 years? 2021, a young girl, Nastaya Marinova, eight years old, she goes missing. And they're like, okay, it has to be the same guy. She has the ice squint, has to be the same lunatic who's doing this. And the police have been searching for this guy for <laughs> 24 years. They never gave up. They're like, ah, he's the hide-and-go-seek champion. He's at home base. We can't get him. Uh, Putin sends in, he's tired of this stuff, right? Uh, Vladimir Putin sends in an old classmate of his, old college buddy of his, Lieutenant Colonel Vigenji Karnevsky, a.k.a. the Maniac Hunter. I don't know if that's a nickname he got in college or a nickname he got through his years and years of capturing maniacs, but that's his name. That's his official name now. His name is the Maniac Hunter. Vladimir Putin's like, hey, dude, go take care of this for me. So he's like, yes, I'll do my job, Vladimir. So Avenji goes out to avenge them. Maybe that's why his name is Avenji. Anyways, so he's walking around and he's trying to find this guy. Let's go back in time a couple weeks. Let's go back in time about seven or eight weeks. We're going to meet a man named Vitaly Barazzoni. He's 40 years old, father of two kids, but divorced, separated technically. Let's be specific here. Separated from his wife, father of two kids. He's living on his own. He used to be a member of GRU. Not Gru the Wanderer, not that fun chap with the sword. No, <laughs> that was a joke that only three people got, but it was worth it. Gru is, is military intelligence. It's like a police unit. It's kind of like the CIA, FBI kind of rolled into one. Kind of like a kinder, softer KGB. They only step on your testicles twice per interrogation, as opposed to the <laughs> infinite amount of times that the KGB did it. But we have this man, we have Vitali. Used to work with Gru, got a job as a police sergeant. That didn't work out too well for him. And then he's working at a furniture factory. So he's currently working at the furniture making company. And to add all of this to his illustrious resume, hardcore alcoholic. This man has a drinking problem. So at one point, he's sitting in his apartment and he's coming to... Oh, man. What did I drink last night? He's actually trapped in a vodka bottle. He's like, how did this happen? How did I get shrunk down? Oh, well. And so he, as he's sobering up, he's trying to figure out how to get out of the bottle. He goes, oh, man, I need to take a bath. Like, I obviously, like, smell. Oh, whoo, horrible. So he walks into his bathroom, and in the bathtub is Nastia. Nastia, the girl who went missing. I know I pronounced her name differently. You're like, you're like, who's that, Jason? Just learn how to pronounce these people's names, please. The young girl, the last girl who went missing, she's in his bathtub dead. He's looking at the dead body of an eight-year-old girl, and he sits down on the toilet, and he's like, how drunk was I? As he's sitting there on his toilet, he's freaking out, and he goes, I do not remember a chain of events. I don't remember how this girl got in my bathtub. I don't remember kidnapping this girl, but despite my alcohol-soaked brain, I clearly remember killing this little girl. I remember that detail, but I don't remember how she got here. So he doesn't know what to do at this point. He has this dead girl in his bathtub, and he's like, I, I 
I'm not a murderer. Well, <laughs> I guess technically I am a murderer. I murdered her. But I'm not some crazy serial killer that's running around town. How do I get rid of this body? Like, this is something that people, normal people don't have to deal with, how to dispose of a body. So he wraps her up in plastic. You know, you've seen enough of that in, like, television shows. And he stuffed her behind his washing machine. And then he's like... Okay, I guess now I guess now as the washing machine's going, she'll just kind of just evaporate. She'll just kind of disappear. Seven weeks go by, and he has this body stuffed behind his washing machine, and it starts to smell. Not the washing machine. The body. He's like, oh, <laughs> they've talked about this part in the movies. Uh, now, do, now what do I do? I have to get rid of this smelly corpse. So he, you know, obviously this is a big missing persons case. He knows, he knows the girl. He's seen photographs of her. He knows the cops are looking for her. He goes, I didn't kidnap her. I know they're going to arrest me for kidnapping. And that's not true. I did murder her, but I didn't kidnap her. And they're going to make me a victim of all these other crimes I had nothing to do with. I just murdered this one girl. So he goes, oh, you know what I should do? I should dump the body in a location where I know they've already searched because no one will ever search there again. Done and done. So he does that. He puts her in a box, takes her out to a place that had already been searched, and dumped her and just walked away. Now, his plan would have worked. I think the first step of his plan... I think the first point with the plan went wrong was him murdering someone in the first place. But his plan might have worked in hiding the body. If they didn't just check the location again, of course people are going to constantly be looking through this area. They don't check a place once and go, no girl, and then never walk by there again. She's found. And the box that he put her in was from the company he works for. It was like the box for a chair or a couch or something like that. So the maniac, so this dude's at work at the at the furniture making factory, and one day the maniac hunter shows up, and you know, from his, the name of his job, there's a maniac nearby, right? He never goes to like a froyo store and is like, ah, my delicious vanilla blend. No, he's only there if he walks in here, plays a business. No matter how delicious the food is, there, he's there to catch a maniac. So he walks into the furniture store and he starts saying, okay, one of you guys is a murderer. One of you guys is a serial killer because she was buried in a box from this factory. And everyone's like, ah. So I'm going to take DNA from everyone. I'm going to take DNA right now. I'm going to go scratch your face. Scratch your face with my maniac hunting hands. And so basically they went through this factory and they said, can we get some of your DNA? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. I didn't do it all. Go to the next guy. Yeah, sure. I didn't do it all. Well, they get to this idiot. <laughs> they get to Vitaly. And they go, we want your DNA. And he goes, oh, I didn't do it, but I'm not going to give you my DNA. The maniac hunter just looked at him for a bit. Okay. Okay. That's that's fair. And then he turns around. <laughs> the maniac hunter turns around and goes, that's the guy. That's the guy. And they just put him under constant surveillance. And they were like, they, they said that they got a sample of his carpet and was able to match it to some fibers on her body. I doubt they had a, I doubt they had a search warrant for that. At that moment when he's probably like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. There was probably investigators racing back to his house before he got there and tore the place to pieces. So he gets arrested for it and he tells the cops, Mr. Maniac Hunter, listen, I'm not a serial killer. I only murdered one I only murdered one girl and I didn't kidnap her. I don't remember anything. I do remember murdering her. But 
I don't remember kidnapping her. I don't remember stalking her. And I definitely don't remember killing seven other kids. I'm not that dude. I'm not this maniac that you think I am. I only murdered one girl. As of now, he got arrested in August 2021. As of now, he hasn't been sentenced. He hasn't been sentenced. That's such a weird defense to say, yeah, I murdered just this one girl, but I didn't murder the other seven. And I don't remember kidnapping her, so you can't charge me with kidnapping, but I did murder the girl. That's such a weird defense, and it's honestly kind of a creepy defense, too. He needs to go to prison for murdering this one girl. What I find so interesting is I don't know. I'm not a juror, right? Luckily, because I would definitely not want to be the juror on this trial. I don't know if he committed the other murders. And here's why. A lot of the other kids who went missing, they never even found them. The cops are like, she has to be dead. Like, they never found these kids. This last one that he actually admits that he killed, he's an idiot. He puts her in a box. First off, he just wraps her in plastic and keeps in her his house. I said apartment earlier. Sorry for that. But he keeps her in the house for seven weeks, wrapped in plastic. And then he throws her in a box from his place of work and dumps it in, in the field with all sorts of fiber evidence on the body. That's an idiot. An idiot does that type of stuff. So I don't know, honestly, if he killed the other kids. I think the killer may still be out there. Now, I would not let this guy I would not let this guy go free for the murder he did commit, but I, I I'm kind of based, based on the couple articles I read, I don't think he did all of them. Because he messed up the last one so badly. He made it so easy to catch him. You think they would have caught him like after the first two. You know what I mean? So the Taiyuman serial killer may still be out there. And just because we caught one maniac doesn't mean the maniac hunter's job is over. He should still be out there beating the streets. Beating up punks in the face. Pum, 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 pum. Give me your DNA. And finding the real killer. Although it could have been Vitaly. It could have been Vitaly. But who knows? Who knows? I am a conspiracy theorist, so I always assume what is is often not that thing. That sounded more eloquent in my head. Borealis, let's go ahead and touch the keys of the Garbiner Copter. We're leaving behind Russia. We're headed all the way out to Spain. I gotta give a shout out. I don't think we've talked about this website before. I think I just found this. I found this website called bizarreandgrotesque.com. And it's not it's not gore photos, it's not photos of deformities. It's just weird stories. It's a lot of really obscure, weird stories. It's dope. So I got this story from bizarreandgrotesque.com. Check it out. <laughs> and I know from the name you think it's way worse, but we're going to Spain. Specifically, we're going to a mountain range near Barcelona, Spain. And we're going to Montserrat. We're going back to the year 1880. So we got on like our big old heavy woolen robes and we're like walking. We're walking with a bunch of dudes through Spain. There's sheep everywhere. Bah! Bah! And it's a Saturday night. We're just kind of sitting there and we're hanging out. And we see a light. Start floating down Montserrat. Dude, did you see that? That was pretty dope. I immediately get burned for being a witch by using the words dude and dope and they don't understand them. But the next week, we're out there again. I came back to life because I really am a witch. The next Saturday night, we're out in that same location. We look up at the mountains and we see... Another light 
kind of traveled down that same trail. This happens six Saturdays in a row. And again, this is 1880, so there's really not a lot to do on a Saturday night. So the townspeople are like, oh, dude, you know what's going to happen tonight? Oh, yeah, dude, we're going to totally see the light come down the mountain. And it becomes such a spectacle. So many people are seeing this thing that eventually the bishop in the area is basically pestered into figuring out what it was. You figure it's some sort of divine light, right? We're 1880. They're not thinking UFOs. They're not thinking aliens. This has to be angelic at best. So the local bishop is like, fine, I'll, I'll do it. So he gets a search party together. They know where the light starts and they know where the light stops. And they're figuring that where the light stops is probably the most important. Plus where it starts is way high up the mountain. The bishop's like, no, I'm not walking way up there. They go to where the light stops. And in the mountain, there's a cave there. They're like, what? This is totally dope. And they walk into this cave, and at the end of the cave is a statue of the Virgin Mary. It's a little statue of the Virgin Mary, and there's a little baby Jesus there as well, or like toddler Jesus. It looks like he's four or something like that in the statue. And the bishop's like... Okay, okay, this just got real. Like, there's obviously something behind this. This is known as the Black Madonna. This statue, which is funny, you see photos of it everywhere, and I was like, whoa. But it's like 38 inches tall, which isn't really that impressive. It's just like a tiny little statue. I thought it was like a life-size statue. You're like, Jason, Jason, it's a statue that was carved. We don't know who made it, and aliens are showing us where it's at. And you're, you're not impressed by the size? I just thought it'd be bigger. Apparently, yeah, we don't know who made it. It's been dated back to the year 50 AD. So Jesus Jesus was crucified and then flew up to heaven when he was like 33. This, this, this would have to be one of the earliest relics if that date is real. If it was made in 50 AD, what is that, like 17 years after Jesus was like, see you guys later? Some guy, some guy right then started making this statue. They believed that it was carved in Jerusalem and then brought here from the earliest days of the church, and it would have had to be. And it's known as the Black Madonna because the it's, it's made out of like black stone, like polished stone or wood. It's made out of like, but the, the, the skin tone is black on the statue. And what's interesting, and we see this a lot, the area, we don't know who put the statue there, right? It was lost for 830 years. No one knew what was there. But even before the time of Christ, the Romans built a temple to the goddess Venus here. So they're obviously, like, didn't matter what religion you were, when you were passing through the area, you saw weird things on this mountain. So first it was a temple to Venus, and then it was someone had hidden away this statue and actually it's interesting it probably wasn't hidden away there probably were ceremonies in this cave but all the people who knew about the cave had died whether they were purposely killed or just died off or met another end we'll get to that in a second you had it originally be a worship place for the romans and now nowadays it's a worship place for the christians and the place has such a reputation for high strangeness, for weird things, that during World War II, Heinrich Himmler, he's the founder of the Enervi. Enervi, it was a um, like a German think tank where they sat, they sat around and thought about ways to use black magic to destroy everyone else. Uh, Aner- they were the group that you often see, like Indiana Jones-esque adventures. You don't want to join because your face will melt. There's like a 90% chance you're going to get whipped in the nards by a archaeologist. It's just not a good, just not a good group to be a member of. The Anurbi, 
they are trying to find all the holy relics like the Spear of Destiny, like the Holy Grail, they come to this mountain. Heinrich Himmler comes here and he's like, hey, I'm going to start digging around looking for this Holy Grail. And the monks of the mountain were like, no. It was oddly enough, he left. I would have assumed he would have come back and with a bunch of troops and be like, get out of our way, monks, and start digging stuff. But I, I guess at this point, they had invaded the East. And he's like, uh, I could either spend a lot of time digging for something here, fighting monks every day, or I probably should go uh, hang out near the Eastern Front where we're currently getting frozen to death. I have more pressing matters. So he, and there's never really been any proof that the Holy Grail was there. So you have this religious icon. You have this place that seems to be charged with positive energy. But that's not even the weirdest stuff. Like that alone, it's a cool story, right? Tiny little statue, Holy Grail, Heinrich Himmler versus monks. That's all cool. But the UFO sightings are what really makes this place unique. And I'm not talking about lights in the sky, although I was just talking about lights in the sky. These aliens, if these stories are true, this location is on par with the Bermuda Triangle. Like, it should be one of the most well-known paranormal spots in the lore. This is absolutely nuts what we're about to talk about. For ages, there are reports of people disappearing in this region. Now, listen... Whenever, whenever there's mountains, whenever there's beauty, there's always danger as well. People go hiking, they'll leave the trail, they'll get lost. People hiking will fall into a crevasse and die. Maybe we never find the body. Just because people go missing around wilderness areas doesn't necessarily mean paranormal. We see it all the time. So there's been a lot of missing people in this area, but we're going to take a look at some of the weirdest ones. In 1973, this woman, she's walking through the mountain range. She disappears. And later, her decomposing body is found, and when they find it, she's all like dried out skin, bones, but she still has pants on. And in her pocket, there was a note that said she was going there to meet the, quote, supreme being. And the local authorities said, this is suicide, right? She probably went up there. She's obviously having some sort of psychotic break. Because there's no supreme being up there. As the cops' eyes are going side to side, they're like, oh no, did she find out the secret? It's a suicide. She went up there and she just poisoned herself. Or these are really bad cops in the area. They're like, ah. Or she hung herself. Whatever. We don't know, but we do think it was death by suicide. 1980. There's a young girl, 18-year-old girl, who's walking through the region. She's over by the Montserrat. And she disappears. Two days after she disappears, there's a huge search party for this girl. Two days after she disappears, she's found. And she's walking through the woods. She's completely disoriented. And they're like, come here, we've been looking for you. And they're like giving her water and stuff like that, cookies. She's like, she's like, ooh, I should go missing more often. Ships ahoy. Nom, nom, nom. She starts talking, like when she's brought back to her family, she starts talking about UFOs all the time. She has this sudden interest in UFOs and aliens. And her family says she was never into that stuff. She, she, she was bullying those nerds in high school. She was never into UFOs or aliens. And now when she's, that's all she's talking about when she gets home. She's like, oh, and the aliens are really cool. And then shortly after that, shortly after she is found in the woods, she's brought back home, she disappears again. And it's never been seen since. It's pretty common that every two to three years, someone just vanishes. And again, it's a wilderness area. People are going to get lost. But we start looking at these other stories. Again, Amparo Vilidane in 1985. 
kept telling their friend, oh, the mountain calls to me. The mountain says my name. I can hear it. I can hear it right now. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to that mountain. You'd be like, no, 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 don't go to that mountain. Like, you'd be acting super weird. The mountain's not calling you. No, no, I swear that it is. And Amparo constantly was talking about how the, the mountain was calling to her. And she would go on these long hikes through the mountain. And she would say, sometimes when I'm up there, I would get sick. I would feel this sickness in my stomach. And it was telling me not to go any further. But I also knew I had to go further. But I'm too scared. So she would come back down and she would tell her friend, I need to go back out to the mountain. It calls to me. I just hope I can deal with the sickness this time. She One day she leaves to go up to the mountain. Never seen again. She specifically was saying it was the crevices. It was the caves of the mountain whispering to her, drawing her nearer. But that sickness would overcome her. But did she fall down a crevasse? She get lost in a cave? Carlos Texador, December 16th, 1990s. Young man who ran away from home. And he is picked up. A car's driving through the region and they see him walking on the street and they pick him up. And they ask him where he's going. He goes, I'm going to Montserrat. And he said that he has to be there. There's going to be a decisive trial with God and the devil at midnight. And he has to be there for that trial. The people who picked him up who might have actually been the police, honestly. I don't know if it was just a wandering car. It was actually the police that picked him up. But he has returned to his family, and they're like, dude, this guy's talking about God and the devil are going to meet up on the mountain at midnight? Like, what is going on? Just keep him away from that area. A bunch of people go missing there all the time. The very next day, his family's taking him to the doctor to get checked out because he's having these Looney Tune beliefs. He jumps out of the car and runs away. January 3rd, 1991, he's found at the bottom of a cliff on Montserrat. Again, natural dangers all over the place. When they do the autopsy, they say his time of death was the day he ran out of the car. That day, he got up to Montserrat and fell off that cliff. You go, Jason, these are all like, yeah, these are all tragic, right? These are all tragic deaths, and it isn't an area where UFOs used to be. Like, you're not really mentioning much UFOs right now. I forgot I forgot to mention that. There's also a lot of UFO sightings during all of this stuff as well. But sure, I mean, Jason, people are constantly, get, like, every summer, people are drowning in the lakes and the rivers, and people are getting lost in the mountains during the winter. This is pretty common, unfortunately. The most recent one that's notable, this would have been in the 1990s as well. I don't have an exact date, but... This guy goes missing, and the, the everyone does a search party thing, right? There, I'm sure it is a really, really exciting job if you're a search party out here, but also probably draining because you're constantly doing it. This guy goes missing, and they send a helicopter up to look for him. Spotlights shining down. Hello, is anyone down there? <laughs> People are going, yes, yes, they can't hear him over the loud helicopter. There's no one down there. No one's yelling back to us. Helicopter keeps flying by. This helicopter's out searching for this dude. They find a different dude who hadn't been reported lost yet, but was lost. No one had noticed that he was gone for the past couple of days. The helicopter, though, sees this guy frantically waving. So they go to him, and he's like, yeah. They see, they're like, oh, you're not the guy we're looking for. See you later, loser. Wait till someone reports you missing. No! 
they they're talking to this guy and he's like, yeah, it totally sucks. Like, first off, I apparently have no friends. No one will notice I'm missing. But I've been lost for like three days and I'm super like sick to my stomach. And I'm just I'm freaking out and freaking out. But luckily, there is this girl I've been hooking up with. I met this girl in this so insane. I met this girl in the mountains and we've been hooking up. So, you know, that was kind of, you know, kind of nice. I mean, sure, I'm lost and I may starve to death, but at least, you know, if I'm dying, I'm trying. I'm still getting laid. And the helicopter pilots are like, what? That's totally weird. But anyways, let's get you on the helicopter. We'll fly you home. So they rescue this guy, but they also need to obviously now find the first guy who went missing and this woman who's probably missing too, right? This isn't hookup spot. This isn't like a place where you just go to bang. It's She obviously has to be missing as well. So the search crews come in the area and never says if they found the first guy they were looking for, but they found the woman. In that same area, they found the corpse of a woman who had gone missing years earlier. So was he banging a ghost? Was he banging a zombie? Was he banging a corpse? Was it completely was it completely unrelated? Was he hallucinating a woman? Like what was that? They never found another woman there, but nearby they found a dead lady who had also gone missing. That's super creepy. That is terrifying because you think like you finally get some warm comfort. You have no friends at home, no one to report you're missing, and you meet this chick in the middle of the woods. And then he's like sitting at home. He gets a call from the rescuers, and they're like, "Hey, uh, yeah, we found that woman." He's like, "All oh, right, did you get her phone number?" And they're like, "They give her the phone number to the local morgue." He's like, "Do do 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 do." They'd be like, "You might want to go get checked out, both <laughs> mentally and for any like necrophiliac STDs, because hey, to break it to you, the woman you've been having." sex with for three nights is dead not afterwards before before you're saying with a corpse dude the last this that is just that's just terrifying right that i think that's everyone's worst nightmare accidentally having sex with a dead actually that's probably no one's worst nightmare until i said it out loud people are like you know what i never thought about that but that definitely is my worst nightmare now i'm, I'm ranking that up there accidentally having sex with a dead body but that's weird Another weird thing, the UFOs are still commonly seen in the area, but you know how I kept saying, you know, people go missing in wilderness areas, people fall in crevasses and stuff like that. No one has gone missing in this area since 1998. According to all these, there, which I find, to me, that seems like the most impossible thing about it. Like in the wilderness area, according to multiple According to multiple reputable websites like bizarreandgrotesque.com, no one goes missing anymore. So it almost seems like whatever powered this region, whatever gave this region its mysterious draw, is gone. There's still UFO sightings. But this thing that was calling to people, making people jump out of moving vehicles and walk into caves because they're calling for them to feel the presence of a supreme being. That's gone. So what used to be there that isn't there anymore? And why did it get removed? We don't know the answer to that. We don't like so many great stories, right? We don't know the answer to a lot of paranormal stuff. But I find it chilling to think that this area was drawing people who were believers of religion 
even before the time of Christ, right? The Romans built their temple to Venus, and then you had this statue that was built by the Christians, and then you have these people just randomly walking through the area, feeling the call of the place, and talking to the supreme being, and talking about God and the devil, but what they're really headed towards is something alien. Something cold, and metallic, and detached from human society. Aliens. But I think it would be absolutely terrifying if you were a young person, young man, young woman, and you felt yourself drawn to the mountains and you believed it was God talking to you, that you were going to be one of the prophets. You were so close to the creator himself that despite what society tells you, despite what your loved ones tell you, despite what physics tell you, you will jump out of a moving car and run up to that mountain to meet God. Who doesn't want to be sitting at the right hand of their God, right? Atheist is just sitting next to nothing. He's like, ah, everything's great. Just floating through the void. And you go up to that mountain. And obviously, if you went up that mountain, you tripped, you fell in a cave and died. I mean, that would suck. But then you're dead. So then you're floating around in heaven. And God's like, I need to get here eventually, you clumsy oaf. But what if you're running up there and you see that bright light shining and you start running towards the light you know who it is it's the one true god and you're running towards that light and it gets brighter and your body fills up with joy but there's a little bit of panic in there your stomach clenches just a little bit but why are you scared that's god the next thing you know you're stark naked shivering in a stainless steel cell no windows, no doors. It's so cold in here. You don't even know how much time passes before you find yourself in a new room, strapped down to a table. These aren't angels. These aren't angels now. These aren't angels next to me. God? God, where are you? As you see these beings standing next to you, coldly analyzing your body, pricking your skin with needles, slicing your flesh with blades, calmly running their experiments, your sobbing cries do not stop them. Your prayers do not stop them. You alternate between finding yourself in this cold cylinder and being placed somewhere else in this God-forsaken, literally God-forsaken facility. He's not here. But they are. They're everywhere you look. There's no hope of escape. There's not even hope of having hope. It's almost as if your prayers can't even pierce the alien materials that this facility is built out of. You lose track of time. You lose track of everything. The only thing you know is loneliness and pain as the aliens experiment on you over and over and over again. And when they're finally done, when all of the experiments they've needed to run on you have been completed, they discard your body back onto Earth. Wedge it down deep into a chasm like a butcher throwing away 
useless bones. These people may have thought they were going to meet their creator on Montserrat, that they were going to become one with the infinite power of the universe. Instead, they just became another one of many humans that have been experimented on by alien interlopers. They believed they were on the cusp of experiencing everlasting love. Instead, they found themselves victims of cold-hearted alien torment. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys.